Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast. Starring Dave Schilling, John Barry, Nicholas Skittishvili, Joey Devine, Francisco Wilson, Earl Boykins, Sean Keane, Vashon Lenard. Patreons, Sean O'Shea, thank you, Sean, Moondog Riz, thank you, Moondog, Jeff Pitsley, thank you, Jeff, musical guest, Montrose, and now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi! It's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock Podcast, and you are listening to a new episode of the Round Ball Rock Podcast. Uh, I'm here, as always, with my uh, permanent co-host, good friend, uh, all-around swell guy, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh... Preparing to go to the Pacific Northwest oh. uh, this week, and not to not to give too much of a spoiler for the rest of the episode, but we are uh, PNW heavy this week. We sure are. Um, but before we get into this week's episode, just some business at the top. Follow us on Twitter at Round Rock Pod, just like Scout with Brian himself at Brian Brian O'Ringer. Uh, email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com. Uh, call us on the phone at the number that you'll hear on the show later, or donate to our Patreon 
at patreon.com slash roundrockpod, um, where we've got a wild Patreon episode this week. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, honestly, if you follow us on Twitter, you should be subscribed to the Patreon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, speaking of phone calls, though, Sean, we did get a phone call this week. Should we listen to it? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's go to the phones. Sean and Joey can't come to the phone right now, but luckily phones are the domains of me, a robot. If you know the extension of Tillman Fertita, please dial it now. Press 1 to have a single beer with Zach Lowe. Press 2 for Senegal-related inquiries. Press 3 for Movie Times read by Brooke Lopez. Press 33 to hear problematic things Bill Simmons wrote in the early 2000s. Press 0 at any time to leave a message for Sean and Joey. That's right, you two can leave a message for Sean and Joey, just dial 323-682-0342. Once again that number is, 323-682-0342, please give me a call, being a robot is a solitary road. Hey, Sean, Joey, it's Damon Agnes here, uh, calling to wish a happy 39th birthday to Vladimir Rodmanovich, who I assume is listening. Um, Vladimir, it's hard to believe you're pushing middle age, but here we are, uh, November 19th. I remember when you were uh, just a rookie with the Sonics, you were born in the USSR, this big, athletic, kind of goofy dude who did a backflip on uh, breakaway dunk, like your first month or two in the league, and landed on your head. Um, that was, uh, I don't know if it was a sign of things to come, but it showed you did things your own way. Uh, I was glad you were all right. Now, you never really lived up to your promise as a player, but you did a lot of great things. I'm just going to go through a few of them here. Uh, you got kicked off the Yugoslav national team at the 2002 FIBA tournament for peeling and eating a banana while your coach was yelling at you in the locker room at halftime. And you spent the second half in the crowd signing autographs and posing for pictures. And the coach later made an alternate wear your jersey for the gold medal ceremony. Then when uh, Brent Berry took you, uh, Vitaly Potapenko, and Peja Drobniak to a Bruce Springsteen concert uh, <clears throat> to teach you about America, uh, you basically said, fuck this, and called your agent 30 minutes into it, said, this sucks, we're out of here, and bounced. Um, later on, a couple years later, uh, Sox were in the playoffs. And uh, Nate McMillan, being kind of an old-school, hard-ass coach, said no more headbands, doesn't like the whole players are into the style, into the retro thing, and you always wore a headband, so instead you went and got braids. And that was a, a great moment in NBA fashion history. Um, you also had uh, all your all your headbutting with Phil Jackson, the snowboarding accident, lying about it, so calling you a space cadet. And... Uh, <clears throat> You know, everyone acted like that was some great imposition on Phil to have to put up with you, but Phil is kind of a petty dick, and I think he enjoyed it. Uh, he needed the challenge. He needed a worthy adversary. And you made Phil Jackson better. You made all of us better. So thank you for that, Vladimir Rodmanovich. Um, one of the greatest honors of my life was when I was in the produce section of a uh, QFC in the early aughts, and an elderly checker, 
uh, saw me and I guess a tall, uh, mop-headed Southern European-looking dude and asked me if I was you. Um, that was really uh, flying close to the sun for me. So thank you for that. Thank you for all that you did for the game. Thank you for all that you did for all of us, the fans of the game, and happy 39th birthday, Vladimir Radmanovich. Thank you, Damon Agnos, for the call. And most importantly, thank you, Vladimir Radmanovich, for living one more year. Mm-hmm. I I had forgotten some of those amazing contributions that he made. Uh, I think my favorite part was about the, the team picture. Mm, my the, favorite, the gold medal ceremony. I like the banana. The banana one's my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, happy birthday, Vladimir Radmanovich. And thank you, Damon Agnos, for giving me an an amazing idea. If you, listeners, want to celebrate your favorite random NBA player's birthday, Mm -hmm. give us a call and tell us about it, and we will celebrate their birthday with you. Yeah, it it was a beautiful tribute. And I think there are some probably some people that have changed lives the way that Vlad Rad uh, changed Damon's. Mm -hmm. Damon, the uh, unofficial legal counsel of Round Ball Rock. That's true. If you have a problem with us, take it up with uh, Damon Agnos Esquire. (laughs) Yeah. Also, uh, follow at Mouse House Books. Yeah. A great publishing company. Yeah. uh, It's the only publishing company I know that's run by a dog. I'm currently reading the original crime novel, Soup Boys. Um, awesome. All right, uh, we got some more reader mail, too. Do you want to do that? Yeah, let's do it. This is Round Ball Rock Reader Mail. Communications from listeners. Why do we call it reader mail? It is confusing for robots. All right, at Suckapunk asks... <laughs> Who do you guys think is the least respected veteran slash elder statesman in the league? Everyone says respect the Jazz, but do the Jazz respect Jeff Green? Does JaVale's championship exempt him from this? Does R.J. Barrett listen when Wayne Ellington talks? Mm. So, Sean, who is the least respected veteran in the league, you think? Huh. Let's see. I mean... Obviously, Carmelo Anthony is very respected. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look. I, I need to find a list of who's been in the league the longest right mm-hmm. now. Hold on. Uh, well, the longest is Vince Carter. Yeah, that that's. He's respected, I think. Although. Uh, no, he's definitely respected. No, but except um, Deontay De- Davis did not visit the room Vince Carter built in his house for him. And I'll say this right now. Um I honestly think that that's uh, that's on Deontay Davis. It is. It for sure is. Isn't isn't Vince Carter in the league longer than Deontay Davis? Yes. <laughs> um. Let's see. Who's been in the league a long time right now? My my gut feeling is somebody like Corey Brewer, but I don't think he's still in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh. Let's see. All right, let's look at the oldest active players. I'm going to throw out some people that might not be that respected on this mm-hmm. list. <laughs> uh, Kyle Korver. Uh, fourth oldest player in the league right now. I I think he's respected. I think okay. they like Kyle Korver. Now that he's not a racist anymore. <laughs> uh, let's see. These guys are pretty respected. Okay, I'm going to say the oldest guy, nine teams... The oldest slash least respected, I'm going to say, is Anthony Tolliver. 
He's 34 years That's old. He's great. played on nine teams. Um, because everybody else on this list, the only other people that are like long tenured that I feel like might not be that respected are Courtney Lee and Dwight Howard. I mean, Dwight is not respected, Sean. Right. But he's also not even 34 yet. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he's... 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 6, 7, 18, 19, 20. I mean, it might, it might be Dwight. Like, somebody who has that many accolades mm-hmm. and the least amount of respect. Like, like with Anthony Tolliver, it's more of just, like, a testament that it's like, yeah, man, he, he, he was undrafted and he bounced around a little bit and he's still in the, he's still in the damn mm-hmm. league, you know? Um, whereas with Dwight, it's almost like, like, the, the, how did how have you been on seven teams? You know, I think. Oh man, this guy might not be in the league anymore. But I was gonna say I think it's Devin Harris. Oh God! <laughs> well, just like I feel like the amount of abuse he took from uh, Rick Carlisle. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> Also, there's a guy who was on The Bachelorette who's also named Devin Harris. Mm-hmm. So that didn't help. I remember there was, I remember there being a story about him in college, mm-hmm. and the hook was like, this guy, oh, this guy, all his friends are female. And there was um, some incident in the story where they're just hanging out in Madison, and he gives like a funny name to somebody at like a, I don't know if it was like a coffee shop or something. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't react when they call the funny name. Mm-hmm. And then and then his friends like boo him. All right. Unfortunately, Devin Harris is no longer on the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> I thought he I was. Mean, but did they trade him like three different times too? Yeah. That's why I Oof. thought he it would be him. You know um, what? I don't think Jared Dudley is super respected. Especially on that team. Um I think JaVale is actually pretty respected. I do, too. I think guys t- like like JaVale. Wayne Ellington, I kind of have no idea, but I think people like... I think it's hard to not be respected if you've, like, really clawed your way into the league. Mm-hmm. And so it's got to be somebody like, you know, who... You know, Devin Harris was, like, the fifth pick on the draft. Right. And, I mean, he was an all-star, but just there's something about his demeanor, too, that... Uh, I also think that Jeff Green, it's not that he's disrespected, it's that people are always, like, rooting for him a little too hard on his team. Mm -hmm. Like, people are always like, oh, man, if you you saw the way he practiced, you wouldn't believe that he'd never make a difference in a single game, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, he seems like a guy that the team's constantly pumping up in a way that... Like, oh, yeah, he's so, he's so, the leadership's there. But um, I don't think Dante Exum respects Jeff Green specifically, if we're going to be talking about <laughs> Do you think the Sacramento Kings respect Corey Joseph? Um, I don't think they respect any of those veterans, to be honest. Like, I think Dwayne Dedman probably gets respect. No, I don't think he, he Have you seen how what's been happening this year? He's been... <laughs> Rashawn Holmes has blown past him with the depth <laughs> trip. Uh, Trevor Ariza, I've said this before on the podcast, appears to have retired at midseason last year. 
Um, Corey Joseph, probably it's okay. And, like, he doesn't shoot. So they're probably like, that's kind of, like, weird. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's hard to be, like, a completely disrespected point guard unless you're Reggie Jackson. Do you know who the oldest player on the Indiana Pacers is? Oh, um, God, are they really young now? Yeah. It's, is it... Hold on, let me think. I'm not going to look at the roster. Is it Justin Holiday? It is Justin Holiday. Do you think the Indiana Pacers respect Justin Holiday? Uh... Yes, I do, actually. All right. Their second oldest player is Jeremy Lamb. Do the NBA play, do the Indiana Pacers respect Jeremy Lamb? Not so much. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> Justin Holiday, I think they're like, this guy came out of nowhere. Like, like they're probably like, good job, this guy staying in the league. Mm-hmm. And he has a ring. He has a ring. So, All right. Sean, do the Charlotte Hornets respect Nicholas Batum? I don't. I don't think they particularly do. No. <laughs> God, he's he is he might be. He's not even that old, but he feels so much older. He's French. Uh, he, he and Justin Holiday are the same age. They are both thirty. God, doesn't it feel like Nick Batum is thirty five? Yes. Yes. That's not does. a good sign. And that, like, two franchises went to war over him <laughs> not uh, that long ago. <laughs> There's the Hornets' second oldest player is Cody Zeller. Do the Hornets respect Cody Zeller? I think they do. I do too. <laughs> Just because they're really good when he plays, and so they're probably like, eh, this works. <laughs> and I think, like, the fact that he's so. that he's, like, embraced his baldness and his mm-hmm. look like that, I think people like. I don't know, man. I mean, that's a tough name, but yeah, I think they do. I think they respect him. All right, the oldest player on the Orlando Magic is DJ Augustin, and they definitely respect him. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that guy's. <laughs> I've I've gained so much more respect for DJ Augustin in the last couple of years too. <laughs> uh, all right, do the do the min? Oh, I think I know who it is actually. Okay. Do the Minnesota... I think this is the least respected veteran in the league. And it's not particularly close. close. Okay. Do the Minnesota Timberwolves respect Jeff Teague? Oh, my God. He's the... Oh. No. Oh. God, he, I mean, that's like, that's up there with Jeff Green for me. And even Jeff Green, it's like, there's reasons. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. he basically had to get a new heart partway through his career. (laughs) Jeff Teague has no real excuse. And has like a super disappointing brother. Whereas with Justin Holiday on the Pacers, it's like, he's playing, he's playing with his brother. That's We like that. Okay, I think I found the second most disrespected guy, too. Okay, great. Do the Chicago Bulls respect Cristiano Felicio? He's the oldest guy he's on the, the Bulls? No, he's the second oldest guy. Thaddeus oh, Thad Young, they definitely oldest. respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do they respect Cristiano Felicio? I mean, I don't even... I feel like, I feel like, like respect is completely <laughs> secondary to Cristiano Felicio. I feel like a lot of the Bulls are just confused by his presence on I the mean, team. They certainly mostly. respect the abil- his ability to get paid for a million right. years. Like, 
Yeah, he's making like eight million dollars a year as a eighth <laughs> man. Uh, I can't believe he's the second oldest guy on that team. <laughs> All right, Sean. Do the Washington Wizards respect Jan Mahinmi? Oh no, they don't. <laughs> he's like he's like wearing the go- like virtual reality goggles, trying to get himself to shoot free throws. I'm sure a lot of the Wizards are like, "Hey, motherfucker, shoot some free throws." <laughs> <laughs> they do though i think respect uh their other two older players um isaiah thomas well i wasn't gonna say isaiah thomas because he's actually not as old as you think he's only 30 but i oh. think they respect cj miles yeah dude absolutely um, he, uh, he should have a ring joey <laughs> well we'll talk about that later um yeah. but yeah i think jeff teague is the least respected veteran in the league now I that Devin Harris isn't there. Devin yes, Harris would have been would, number one. <laughs> it would be Devin Harris for sure. Um, all right, Sean. Our next question comes from At Work The Cycle, who asks, What would you say to any listeners of Roundball Rock who are loyal listeners despite having no plans to ever watch an NBA game? I mean, thank you. Yeah, I would say uh, you've come to the right nba podcast because right we don't really talk about the games on this show <laughs> no there's a there's really enough of that and and honestly the national media is getting worse because of its focus on analytics there have actually Look. been times on this podcast where we've talked too much about the games and i've cut it yeah yeah exactly <laughs> we're, we're just like what are we talking about we don't know what to play basketball or <laughs> were we tricking here <laughs> So thank you and welcome at Work the yeah. Cycle. Um, but also, um, I'm I'm like fascinated by that too. Um, send us a message or call in because I mm-hmm. definitely I find it intriguing. Uh, we are going to have a full episode because we did at, uh, we did get a question from a fan who does mm-hmm. not follow basketball, asking what team he should follow now that he listens yeah. to the show. We'll get we'll get to that later this month for sure yeah i think there's a lot to talk about with that yeah, and we- uh i think we have we i think we have the perfect guests in mind for yep, this we right? sure do yeah yeah um at crush chan one of our oldest li- oh i mean one of our longest listeners yeah asks as a knicks fan in their mid-20s should i give up at some point or just ride this wave of bad basketball forever i Jump ship, I think. I don't think... I mean, it's like different if you live in New York City. You know what I mean? But if you're a Knicks fan who doesn't live in New York, this is the perfect time to jump ship. Definitely. For sure. Like, Kevin Kevin Knox is not going to develop. No. Um, <laughs> RJ Barrett might be fine, but, like, even still won't really be that fun, I don't think. And no. also, the Knicks will screw it up and run him out of town in a couple of years. Like... You you've got a free pass at leaving. No one will feel bad. Um because I don't think James Dolan is gonna die anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And he he he's what's gonna make him sell? I have a different I think you stay. With the Knicks? Yeah. Well what write it out. It's funny. Like it's just a just don't care. It's like a funny thing that happens in your life all the time. I mean, I I guess it just I just feel like I'm I'm like telling someone in their mid twenties to to get like a double PhD. Yeah, but where it's we, like you might just look back 
But we uh we wrote out the warriors in our mid twenties. Eventually, he's gonna sell. If you're in your mid twenties, you're gonna outlive James Dolan. <sighs> I mean, in theory, I guess. <laughs> I just. It doesn't feel like even being a Knicks fan in the good times is that fun. I mean, like, like Knicks Nation is pretty rough. But I would say I do think Lynn's sanity is like maybe the most fun a fan base has had ever. Maybe I don't, I don't, I don't really agree with that. Also, it was only like three weeks. That's what I mean. It was like the most fun three weeks ever. <laughs> I just. I, I think We Believe was a lot more fun. It was that. like they did Molly for two straight weeks. <laughs> yeah, like the fans <laughs> and the players. Yeah. Yeah. That might happen again. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Should we talk about the news? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the news. It was, it was good news. A couple, couple good news stories, I think. All right. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. Sean, Carmelo Anthony is a blazer. Uh, Look, I don't want to take credit for this, but I feel like we've been talking about Carmelo becoming a blazer for two-thirds of this time the podcast has existed. It's one of the... It's one of the weird things where it feels like we, it feels like we keep speaking things into existence, and mm-hmm. then it happens. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, no one was talking about Tillman Fertitta till he started an international incident. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then every time we talked about Tillman, he would do something else crazy two days later. <laughs> um, no one was talking about Frankie Muniz's Twitter account. Until uh-huh. we did, and then all of a sudden it was in, like, Teen Vogue or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> a publication that Frankie almost certainly hates. <laughs> um, Mello had his first game, but let's talk about his game later. Let's first talk about his number. Sean, what do you feel about Carmelo Anthony on the Trailblazers wearing the number double zero? Um... I mean, it feels like a very mellow thing to do. Um, I'm I'm curious. I'm gonna look this up. Have there been a lot of like double zeros in NBA history? I feel like the, if they are, they're usually like big fat big men. Yeah, it's like it feels like a number like John Concac would wear. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, did Mello have any thoughts about it? He sure did. Um, he posted a truly insane Instagram post. Because uh, he's not wearing double zero, Sean. He's wearing the symbol for infinity. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> These are all bullet points uh, placed over a shadowy picture of Mello wearing a hoodie. And they say... A symbol greater than any assignable quantity or countable number. Symbol, infinity symbol. Without end. Process that never stops. Can never the letter B be given an exact value. Simplicity and balance. The mysticism of our past and the possibility for an eternal future give the infinity symbols a sense of awe and wonder. Infinite nature of God... Seven? (laughs) 
We cannot stay away from God without him trying to bring us back to him. The Uh chance to have a new and great beginning with the past left behind where it belongs. Beginnings or end. Alpha and Omega. Stay mellow and mellow's still a seven. I don't understand why the mellow is still a seven. (laughs) If his number is infinity. It's a hashtag. The whole post is about how he's not seven anymore. Yeah. And now, is this because Portland fans uh, want to retire Brandon Roy's number? I don't think so. I think he wanted to wear the infinity symbol. It's very weird that he threw in the seven because it <laughs> it evokes the thing that this is like is the respect with a two Derek Jeter mm-hmm. hashtag, yeah. which also didn't really make sense. At least Stay Mellow is like because of. Uh, how many movies I saw in the mid nineties, I believe that should be pronounced stay mevo, right? Mm-hmm. By, yeah, by, yeah. Seven by seven rules. Yeah. Seven rules. Yeah. yeah. By, uh, but, just isn't, isn't also, uh, Andre 3000 and Erica Badu's kid seven with a seven instead of the V. I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, process that never stops. <laughs> the stuff about God is wild. <laughs> Well, and then he puts the seven after God. <laughs> what is that? Well, God is the isn't seven the number for God? That's why six 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 is is that why he was wearing yeah, seven six, before? Six, God is seven. Anyway, Sean, tell me what other players wore double zero before. All right. Well, you were right that it was a lot of big fat guys, Joey, um, including. A big fat, a, a, a legendary big fat blazer, Kevin Duckworth. Oh yeah! All right. <laughs> uh, it is currently worn by Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. It was worn by Spencer Hawes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan Haywood wore it for one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Delk wore it uh, for his whole career, except on the Celtics. Mm-hmm. He did okay. not wear it. I don't know that they had another. Do- oh, probably Robert Parrish. Also makes the double zero retired. I guess sure. Retired zero. No oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, he yeah. was double zero. Robert Parrish wore double zero. Uh, he was a single zero. Oh no, no, no. I'm no, sorry. no. He I'm was sorry. a double zero. You're, you're right. You're right. Sorry. He was a double zero. Uh, Oster Greg Tag, Ostertag, double zero. Yeah. Uh, Eric Montrose, boy. Um, uh, OJ Mayo wore this on the Heat. He also had a lot. No, to on say. the Bucks. Yante Mayo. The Bucks on, on the yeah, Bucks. Yeah, sorry. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ennis Cantor. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he's taking Cantor's number. That's <laughs> all he did for that city. Uh, and then, uh, Ca- oh, Collie Stein's number Whew. on the Kings. Collie uh, Stein does not wear it on the Warriors. Yeah, fresh start. Uh, Mike Bibby wore this on on the Washington Wizards. That's mm-hmm. Weird, and then Darrell Arthur and Benoit Benjamin. Well, I think are then memorable ones. Noted, oh, the- <laughs> noted bad person Rodion's Kurix currently wears it on the Nets as well. Oh, oof, oof. Anyway, very weird. I do like the idea of wearing the infinity sign as your number, though. That's a new one. Um, who do you think God's favorite double zero is, Joey? Evan Eshmeyer. Yeah, definitely. Um, God, right. Evan Eshmeyer. <laughs> Uh, we got a question from Chicago strongman Patrick Cosmos. Uh, he asks, what is the funniest potential outcome of Carmelo in Portland? 
I think it might be winning a championship. Um, I want him to join a band, like a like a <laughs> like maybe a shoegazer band where he's playing bass, and or um, a thrift store, but like it's all Carmelo Anthony's old clothes. Uh, I think the funniest possible outcome is him trying to get Terry Stotts fired for like three weeks, <laughs> and then they cut him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but I'm rooting for him. I want Melo to be good on the Blazers. He was yeah. not good tonight. Uh, he won't be good. But yeah, what was his line tonight, Joey? <laughs> 10 points on 4 of 10 shooting, 5 turnovers, 5 fouls, 4 rebounds, no assists, 24 minutes, minus 20. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Get used to those assist numbers, Portland Trailblazers fans. <laughs> uh, Mellow ain't passing, okay? Speaking of Portland Trailblazers fans, uh, we know Carmelo Anthony does listen to the show, of course. Yeah. Um, and with him having a new home, uh, we wanted to bring in somebody to give him a recommendation of where to live. So uh, let's call one of our friends, shall we? Yes. Now, it's time for Sean and Joey to call one of their friends. You see, Sean and Joey basically only know about two things, Anthony Randolph and the Snyder Cut. Release it already. They definitely don't know anything about today's topic, Portland, Oregon. Luckily, they know someone who does, Corbin A. Smith. Not the one who writes about the NFL, the one who hosts the Take It or Break It podcast. To go more in depth with uh, Mello on the Blazers, we brought in a Oregon expert. <laughs> even though he lives in Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, even though I've never he's lived a, in Oregon. He's a tax exile from the state of Oregon. <laughs> yeah, we, it is the official home of tax exiles, Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> because you, you, you shop in Oregon to avoid the sales tax, yeah. but you live in Washington for the lower income tax. For the, yeah, for the lower income and property tax, yeah. Um, Corbin A. Smith, the host of the Take It or Break It podcast. Corbin. Can you, like, not bring fruit across the line, by the way, Corbin? Do you get, like, checked all the time driving home from, like, the grocery store? I'm like, ah, fruits and vegetables, sorry. You gotta... No, no, you no, you can bring fruit. Okay. Can you not do that in California? No, it's uh, California that is pretty specific to that, Sean. Oh, I guess that's true. It Be has really? to do with something in the 70s, yeah, yeah. It was like a Mediterranean fruit fly infestation. Oh, okay. It's a disease thing. Now and, we got up. Yeah. Um, and so many crops. So many of America's crops come from California that that was a problem, Corp. Can I say can I say some shit? Don't let anybody fucking tell you that Washington and Oregon aren't like mostly the same. <laughs> I believe that. Like I live in Vancouver, so I can I kind of have like a privileged position. Like 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 this like okay i always say like portland is brown and seattle is gray and like there's sort of gradations of that between the two mm -hmm. states but you know it's a gray expression and a brown expression of a lot of the same ideas sure yeah like the dandy like warhols are brown for sure and nirvana is gray definitely oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we can go 100%. You, you, you cross like the border sleep. in the yeah. 
like the Sleet, squares Sleet. on the. I guess Sleater Kinney is technically from Olympia. They have gray and brown streaks, but <laughs> they're pretty yeah, solidly brown now. <laughs> um, do you see like do you see like the squares on a plaid shirt change size when you cross the border just very slightly? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But the reason we brought you on, Corbin, uh-huh. is oh, yeah, uh, King Mello has come to town. Ooh, 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 ooh. Double zero, double zero, Mello. <laughs> the gra- the Mello. greatest. The greatest winner in Olympic U.S. Olympic basketball yeah. history. Yeah, a guy who saved all of his best basketball for his fucking country, baby. <laughs> um, and look, we don't want to talk with you about the basketball aspect of it. We want to talk to you about Carmelo's... Good, because all I have to say, good move. Congrats to the Blazers. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the social aspect, though. Finally. Oh, <laughs> Corbin, Joey, please make some recommendations for where Carmelo oh, okay. Anthony should go. The first Rumble thing, rock listener, Carmelo Anthony. The first thing we have to say is Kennard. Mellow Kennard was built for you. For those who are not familiar, Kennard is a uh, fabulous uh, wine bar on uh, East Burnside. Uh, they they uh, they have wine, uh, but they also have a sort of. Um, Let's call them small plates, sort of discount small plates. Uh, the uh, famous Portland chef, Gabriel Rucker, it's his latest project. Right next door to uh, Le Pigeon, his famous um, kind of uh, French restaurant trash food mashup place. It's sort of hard to explain. But anyway, uh, Wait, Kinar, what is – hold on, hold on. What is French slash trash food mashup? It, give okay. me a dish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's an example. Um for a while at Canard during breakfast, and I don't think they have it at present, but for a long time, you could get um, French toast sticks there. Okay. Um, and you know, you know, like the, you know, like the sort of French toast sticks you get out of a freezer. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, it's like it's like that, but 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 what what Gabe did, Gabe, we're friends. <laughs> First name basis. <laughs> Give my compliments to the chef Corbin to Smith Gabe. over here. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Gabe, he, uh, what he did is he was like, what if we reverse engineered this, you know? And so what he does is that he uses like a French technique and, uh, and, uh, and sort of to make like a heightened version of a, uh, of a French toast stick and you eat it and you're like, that's an incredible French toast stick. That canard is also of course known for the duck stack. Uh, it's uh, pancakes. And then they pour duck gravy on top of it. That's the kind of thing we got going on there. Sort of high culture, low mm. culture mashups. That sounds uh, like Mello's number one thing. He is high and yeah. low culture mashed exactly. up. Exactly. It is. He's yeah. He's, he's getting bottle service at a strip club. It, oh, bingo! A hundred percent. He and he. Uh, of course, their their um their trademark, uh, uh food stuff is um is a, is called a steam burger. Uh, it's like a White Castle burger, but once again, a re-engineered, reimagined from the bottom up. There's some uh, there's some onion soup mix in the patty. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot of consideration uh, for uh, for uh, making the perfect uh, crappy White Castle burger. Uh, I obviously can't eat them lifelong. I've been a vegetarian for more than a decade at this point, but everybody who eats them, uh, you know, they lose their mind. Uh, uh, one time I went with a friend of mine. He was maybe a little stoned, 
and he uh, and he took his fries and put them in a burger, and he just went like, "Oh, this is the best fries and burger experience I've ever had." Carmelo Anthony, Kennard has been waiting for you for your entire career. Welcome to Portland. All right, we so, welcome you with open uh, arms. What else do I, we got? What else? I, need, what? I need to ask you this question, and I need uh-huh. to ask you this about all the places. Does Kennard also have strippers? No, but Sassy's is close. Okay. Well, that's good. Sassy's is a, a, uh, let's call it a uh, notable uh, Portland strip club. Now, I personally uh, don't like strippers. I don't uh, like uh, it when other people see me being horny. Wow, wow, Corbin, sex work is work. Sorry, 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 sorry. I like strippers personally. They're they're swell people. Uh, I believe they deserve uh, determined rights. It's just that I personally, uh, I find it a little alienating. But I'm with the, my bros and me and my bros are like, oh, we're horny. Sex is a little more of an intimate thing for me. You know, this, that, the other. Have uh, you gotten a lap dance before? No, of course not. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Oh, my God. And like I and also I would be like, am I supposed to like talk to this person? And I would yeah. say some shit like. I took some really good pictures of dogs at the park today. <laughs> Do you want to see them? And one bouncer nods to another one. Your picture goes up behind the desk. <laughs> like they're like, put him on a no-fly list too. That's oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. They'd be like, this guy is a freak. <laughs> All right, he tried to have a conversation with the with the lap dance trip. Anyway, but to be clear, so, yeah. you are recommending Sassy's to our man Carmelo Anthony. Everybody, everybody who I've ever known who's gone to Sassy's has said it's a wonderful experience. There's also, of course, the Acropolis, the famous vegan strip club. It's a little further out. You're going to need to take the yellow. I'm presuming that Carmelo's not going to drive anywhere. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry. You're going to need to take the orange. It's going to take you to the Selwood area, if I recall. Uh, there's also the dance and bear B A R E. Now, I don't know if I've known anybody who's ever gone to the dance and bear, but is that a grateful like, dead thing? I actually do think it has kind of like a grateful dead, uh, thing on the sign. And sometimes a lot dance just like the stripping routine will last like 14 and a half minutes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everybody is tired of the exhaust. Do stripper routines not last 14 minutes? I actually don't know if I know how long a stripper routine lasts. I, I accidentally went to an afternoon strip club in Portland once when it was, I really thought it was just a diner. Um, and someone did like a medley mm-hmm. where they stripped to um, Fuck the Pain Away by Peaches, mm-hmm. uh, a song by the Moldy Peaches, Mm-hmm. And then the song Peaches by the Presidents of the United States of America. Oh, and I was like, I considered a marriage proposal. I don't even remember oh. what she looked like, but really, still. I would think that was too meta to get horny about personally. No, I was not horny. I would just fell but in love. But it's funny. That's all. Yeah. 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 That woman is very funny. Ad. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, good joke, but I'm here to be horny, ma'am. <laughs> it's 2.30 in the afternoon. I'm dining at a table of 12 comedians. Why don't I have an erection right now? Okay. Let's talk haberdashery. <laughs> okay, well, there's the one downtown. I can't remember what it's called. One sec. Downtown Portland haber. Da- oh, don't worry. It knew exactly. 38 search results. Pardon me, Justin. <laughs> rude. Very rude. 
Uh, do you want me to say mean things about San Francisco? Because it doesn't take long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, we do do that a lot on the podcast. At least somebody can. At least people can still live in Portland. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, John Helmer Haberdasher. It's got a big green sign. Established 1921. Looking at the photo here, uh, we got all kinds of fedoras. I, there's a red fedora right in my line of sight. Now, I personally don't wear hats. Um, uh, my head is too beautiful for them. Uh, but uh, we bought yeah. you a hat. You did as a gift. Yes. What was on it? I don't know, a minor league baseball logo. You were asking for it. Or not minor league baseball. It was like a twins hat or something. It was a Mets hat. You didn't yeah. buy a hat. I left it at your house. No, like, we sent you money to buy a hat. Very early in our relationship, Corpse. <laughs> oh, I do not remember that. He spent all that money at Canard, baby. <laughs> you thought you bought him a hat, you bought him. Re-engineered. You were French tweeting toasters. about how you wanted you wanted you needed money to buy this hat, so I just oh, sent I you money that. for the yeah. hat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a very good friend, Joey. <laughs> anyway. Can I tell everybody about the time I went to your house? We've talked about it on the show, I think. We have? Yeah. 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 And um, I made nachos, and he was like, that's a nice thing to do. And I was like, I already ate. Beep boop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, uh, and I, uh, I maybe didn't realize how rude that was going to be. Anyway. Back to the task at hand. Okay, um, yeah. John Helmer, established 1921, a Portland classic, coming up on its 100th year, selling hats to the good people of Portland and also to unrepentant dirtbags. Uh, John Helmer, baby. What else do you think uh, Mello needs to see while he's there? Uh, well, uh, uh, we have a good zoo. Got to hit the Rose Garden. Uh, all kinds of wonderful chocolate chip cookies. You can see my list on WillametWeek.com. Search for Willamette Week chocolate chip cookies. We'll Wait, see you have a list of chocolate chip cookies at, on WillametWeek.com? Yeah, yeah, it just got published recently. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I have a list of the 13 best chocolate chocolate cookies on in Portland. I, I, yeah, I wrote it. Uh, I mean, maybe because I wanted to have a bunch of chocolate chip cookies. I don't know. Uh, maybe don't. The uh, ultimate grift, dude. I respect it. I might have sent a text to an ex of mine mentioning, like, uh, uh, that I was at a place we used to go to a lot. And I was like, oh, hey, hey. Hey, hope you're doing good. I hope that's not too invasive. Uh, uh, but um, and they were like, "Wait, did you pitch this just so you could eat a bunch of chocolate chip cookies?" And I went, "Yeah." <laughs> and then you rated that place thirteenth. It was uh, sticking in her face. Uh, no, it was uh, it was pretty high. It was seventh. Uh, uh, but uh, okay, I'm, okay. The number one chocolate chip cookie in the Portland metropolitan area, possibly on the entire West Coast, is at Coquine. Coquine is probably the best restaurant in Portland. I okay, think. tell us about it. Tell Mello about tell it. Tell Mello about it. It's we, a new, yeah. new American restaurant. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of kinds That's of... That's N-U with an umlaut, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, yeah, we it's... know, the one thing we do know about Carme Carmelo, other than that he likes strippers, is that uh, he loves America. He plays his yeah. best. Mm -hmm. He does. 
That's so it's sort of, sort of a mashup of different styles. You know, there's pasta night. Uh, it's sort of sort of based around uh, cooking chef's name again. So Q U I N E chef. One second. Katie Millard. Katie Millard, who's won the uh, Best of Northwest uh, James Beard Award several times. Brilliant chef. The entire enterprise really is sort of wired into her brain uh, 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 in, a, in a very complete way. Uh, uh, one time I went there uh, with uh, my parents and uh, got parsnips. Uh, they brought some parsnips over and uh, my dad was eating these parsnips and he was just like, oh, my God. Oh, this is unbelievable. That's the kind of thing that happens when you go to Coquine. You get parsnips and it makes you lose your mind with how good it is. It's an unbelievable restaurant. Uh, uh, Question. Uh, uh-huh. Do you really think Carmelo Anthony is a parsnip man? Here's the thing. You don't think you're a parsnip man until uh, until uh, Chef Katie makes you into one. Joey Devine. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Continue. Uh, I mean, think about the banana boat. Um, you know, Dwayne Wade didn't think he was a, was a sea bass man. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. But LeBron, LeBron James Walker. made him do it, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't I mean, she the LeBron James of Pacific Northwest restaurants, Corbin? Katie Millard is the, is the LeBron James of Pacific Northwest chefs. Hey, Corbin, while we're here, this isn't... While we have you here, this isn't mellow related, but I do want to ask you a question. Uh, there's about... more stuff to say about Coquine, so I just want to put a bookmark there. Okay. I just want to ask you about another new Portland Trailblazer. Um, uh-huh. What's the best place in Portland for Hassan Whiteside to leave his gun? Oh, uh, Camus. Okay, good to know. <laughs> uh, uh, that's a real local reference. Uh uh, if you're from Portland, you heard that and you went, Corbin, what a good one. Coquine's centerpiece <laughs> is a chocolate <laughs> uh, that is truly masterful. Let me tell you about this chocolate chip cookie. I just wrote about it today in my uh, in my uh, what do I call it newsletter uh, called Bad Photojournalism. Check it out. But anyway, it's a uh, it's a chocolate chip cookie. Excellent chocolate, excellent construction, excellent cookie. But it's also got smoked almonds, uh, salted toffee, and uh, and sort of hard chocolate. Uh, it's like it's like eating a chocolate chip cookie, but if it was also imbued with the spirit of fire. It's a masterpiece. I'm sorry. You get it for what do you mean? Imbued with what? Spirit of fire. The spirit of fire. Can spirit you spirit of fire? Why? What what imbues it with the spirit of fire? It's some baby okay all right gotcha and then like an eagle eats your liver afterwards for <laughs> punishment and bring it to the world yeah, yeah. i mean the, but that know, liver's delicious because yeah. katie millard reimagined <laughs> human liver and turned <laughs> you into a cannibal if you get the tasting menu it ends with an eagle eating your liver <laughs> look it's probably worth it right yeah yeah of course. that means you if you means you get to repeat that tasting menu every day fuck God yeah damn. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a little masterpiece. Carmelo Anthony, and also right on top of Mount Tabor. So you take a nice little hike. Wonderful, wonderful nature hike. Wonderful in city nature walk. Bottom of Mount Tabor, top of Mount Tabor. There's also a dog park there. I suspect Carmelo Anthony doesn't care that much about dog parks uh, in the way that I do, which is to say uh, to uh, take uh, pictures of dogs there. But um, it's a good dog park. Uh, 
But anyway, you start at the bottom, you hike to the top, you get yourself a little uh, fire-kissed uh, cookie treat, mm-hmm. uh, Carmelo. Anthony. Okay. Now, another question for you, Corbin. I can't wait. The man lived in New York for almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, it breaks hard to hear. What's the pizza situation like? Kicks oh. ass, baby. Come on. <laughs> we got wonderful pizza here. Look, I know that these fucking New York people... They like to act like they live in the goddamn asshole of pizza. But we have wonderful pizza here. Scotty's. We're talking sourdough crust. Uh, We're talking uh, uh, various different constructions. Uh, We're talking garlic knots that will knock your knots off. Um, uh, Checkerboard pizza in the Pine Street Market. Now, I don't know if I've told you guys about the Pine Street Market, but it is a uh, it's sort of like a food court. Um, mm-hmm. but a uh, fancy, it's like a fancy food court. Mm-hmm. The pizza place there, Ken Forkish, baking legend, one of America's preeminent bakers. He's uh, he's slinging his pies there. His other restaurant, Trifecta, recently closed. Breaks your heart to hear, but you know, that's life, baby. Uh, well, uh, look, Mello knows Mello should get together with Ken and talk about trials and tribulations. Yeah, of course. What, what? I have actually spoken to Ken on a basketball podcast before. Fun fact. Uh, 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 anyway, it's got a wonderful crust, a chewy, uh, chewy, delicious. Uh, if you're looking to get a whole pie, we, we Ken also runs Ken's artisan pizza. Ken's artisan pizza. I will say it makes a wonderful, uh, roasted vegetable dish. And he's also, uh, and, the, and there's also a pizza shoals. They make, um, uh, new Haven style pizza, crispy crust, sort of poofy, uh, uh, poofy other part of the crust. You know what I mean? How there's the bottom crust and then there's the crust crust. Anyway, the crust crust is very poofy. It's delicious. Nathan McKee works there, the wonderful uh, uh, basketball uh, designer. Maybe edit that out. I maybe didn't need to sell Keep out going. Stop like it. Keep That's going. <laughs> and, uh, no, here, can, I, can I interject for a second, though? Yeah. I want, I want, what, you, what toppings do you think? Car- which one of these is Carmelo going to like the best? I know we should go there, but like. I mean, right now that you, right now you can get Brussels sprouts on a pizza at Scotty's, I suppose. Do you think I don't, think, I don't think that's that's well, mellow. I mean, you know what? Well, they, they have all the pizza toppings. What, what do you put on? Can pizza? you get pizza with like a uh, gold on it? Because that's what mellow wants. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. With gold on it. Hmm, yeah. Fascinating. Truffles. Can you get truffles on the pizza? No, you can't get truffles. In, okay, in um, uh, Canard, which we mentioned up top, you can get soft serve, and they have two Do kinds of soft serve. you work for Canard? <laughs> no, but no, but we're just, you just mentioned truffles, and so I want, and so at Canard, you can get soft serve, right? I think there's a vanilla one, and they also have like a weird one. One time it was like a black raspberry. I actually got, I stopped in Canard, I got a black raspberry soft serve. I was walking down the street. There's a there's a little there's a little lady who walked up to me and she was like, uh, can I have some of your ice cream? I think she was doing it to freak me out. But I went, sure, I guess. And I and I and I like sort of like gestured my cone towards her have not met this person in my entire life. She took like a big fucking bite out of my ice cream and then walked away. Anyway, you should have married that woman, Corbin. Yeah. Or call the police. Like the <laughs> A or Z there. Yeah. You may you may have you may have fallen for uh, a short con, a classic short con. 
<laughs> it appears I might have, which cone con actually. I, yeah. I didn't eat all that ice cream. Anyway. <laughs> or they had like cherry chocolate. Anyway, you can get truffles on top of that ice cream. Okay, that Mellow would be into that. All right, yeah, yeah they yeah, do sure. offer that. Here's another <laughs> Here's another question I have for you, Corbin. Mm-hmm. Uh Mellow famously freshly shaved truffles. I want to make that clear. What? Freshly shaved truffle truffles. I want to oh, make that clear. Of oh, I course. thought you were talking yeah. about sassies for a second. Hey. <laughs> hey, uh, Mellow very famously went to the bodega in slippers in a bathrobe when he played in New York. And my question for you, Corbin, is where should Mello go while wearing slippers and a bathrobe wow. in Portland, is Oregon? Is it like the Cozy Closet? Is that what that place is called? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. What, what's the convenience store that has an alliterative name like that? I don't I don't even know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Plaid Pantry? Plaid Pantry. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I got the Cozy Closet. But... Cozy Closet? That sounds like a place where you buy pillows, if you don't mind me saying. Wow, apparently uh, everybody got really mad at that. No, where should he go, Corbin? <laughs> well, he could go to Plaid Pantry, although we don't quite have a bodega culture here. Uh, Sassy's, honestly, I, I really think... <laughs> I really think... In a bathroom, that would be so tight. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you could get away with it. I suspect that... I suspect that people have done that before. I suspect that people I know have done that before. <laughs> um... Where else? Uh, honestly, you could even get away with a canard. Not a cocaine, though. Come on. <laughs> Show a little fucking respect for Katie Millard. All right. By the way, Corbin, my very first night. Uh, going oh, you know, where, you know what a wonderful yeah. place to go in a bathrobe is? Pals. Because it's open pretty late. So oh, you get a the bookstore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, big, the big giant bookstore. It's open pretty late. They close at like 11. So I think you can get in there like... 10 with a bathrobe and look through the uh, sociology books uh, and nobody would really bother you about it. Do you think that has like sex creep vibes to it in the bookstore though? Not if you're mellow. Yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, mean, yeah. I did, it would. <laughs> right. But I mean, yeah, like, he's, I'm well, throwing, I mean, you can definitely do it. I'm throwing off all kinds of sex creep. Like, I'm not doing enough, I feel like, to make people who see me in public. Not look at me and think, oh, sex creep. All right. Well, we don't need to get into that. Corbin, final thoughts. Any <laughs> other places you think Carmelo Anthony should go? Everyone should go to fucking Tusk, baby. Yeah, I was waiting for it. What the hell? Look, yeah. Art is so perfect for Mellow that it took up a lot of the uh, Burnside energy. But a little further up Burnside, of course, we got Tusk. We got a big pink sign. We got five elite salads night after night. Uh, we have we have hummus that'll knock your dick off. Uh, it's the most Portland restaurant. Uh, it, it combines a certain, um, you know, I feel like it's somebody might say hipsterish, but I, you know, I'm a little too old to say things are hipsterish. Uh, like um, uh, a certain uh, grammability. What mm-hmm. if I said that? Yeah, uh, these these are beautiful plates that you can uh, take pictures of, put them on Instagram. People will say, "Wow, that looks good," and it often is incredibly good. But it also has a sort of farm to table ethos, things of that nature. Uh, everyone should go to Tusk; it's great. Um, where else? Mm-hmm. Mastrana is always a good time. Sort of a classic Italian restaurant. 
It's over by a uh, by a uh, school that they converted into a performance space. I'm sorry. Oh well, there's a big high school. It used to be a high school, but they uh, turned it into a performance space. And that seems very Portland to be like, you know, we do have these children who need an education, but we really have to support the local music scene. Yeah, here. Yeah. That's the most important priority. I mean, it does occur to me when I go in there. It might have been a middle school. It's hard to say. They have a really big auditorium that they do that they do fun shows in, though. I think I saw Ted Leo there, if I recall. Mm. Uh, where else? Where else? Do you think someone could rent it out for a prom, theoretically? Yeah, I actually think they probably could. <laughs> it would be, really it would be like adult prom, though. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. 80, 80s prom. Yeah. Nobody under 33 allowed. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, uh, Portland, uh, or uh, you could go to the race. You know, we got to. No, we don't have a racetrack. It just closed. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've turned it into a performance space. Um, all right. <laughs> the Grateful Dead performed there. The last time they performed in Portland, they performed at Portland Meadows. So, um, Corbin, oh, you know Crystal Ballroom, wonderful, wonderful performance space. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. It's got a little rubber underneath the uh, thing, so you kind of feel like you're dancing on air. Is there anything Mellow should avoid? Oh wow. Um, well, Camus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once again, the locals, they're they are cracking the fuck up at that joke. Uh, hmm, what should Melo avoid? Voodoo donuts. I'm not I don't have those. kind. No, I don't have I don't have those kinds of feelings because when I used to go to voodoo donuts when I was a teenager. So I have a lot of very warm feelings about voodoo donuts. OK, also, I think they make good donuts. And I think that uh, I think that people who shit on voodoo donuts, uh, they're looking for an angle. Uh, also, uh Another good donut place, in case Mello's listening. Right up the street on Burnside, there is uh, Delicious Donuts. It's uh, they just make really fucking good donuts. And when you leave, they say, "Have a delicious day." Well, we know Mello likes donuts because he called well, that then, one guy a glazed donut ass face that one time. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is what I'll tell you: if Mello actually likes donuts, stay the fuck away from Blue Star. That is bullshit. <laughs> that look. That is some artisanal. That is that is Portland bullshit. Uh, uh, they don't make donuts. They uh, slightly fry uh, bread, and then they stick it in front of you, and they're like, "Oh, oh, it's a donut." No, it's not a goddamn donut. It's fucking bread. Look, nobody likes bread more than Corbin, but Corbin doesn't want bread when he's going to eat a donut. And I think Carmelo Anthony would fucking agree with me. All right, Corbin. Thank you so much for doing this. Salt straw is good. What? Salt and straw is good. Yeah, we like, have those in Los Angeles. Salt and straw everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They have those everywhere now. Yeah. But it is actually good. Okay. Not like Blue Star. That shit is bullshit. <laughs> they have like a Thanksgiving dinner ice cream at one in San Francisco. It almost made me throw up to see the description. One time they recently they had a hops ice cream. Mm-hmm. He said like hops. It was really aggressive. Okay. It's a bold, sober man ice cream decision. Corbin, I love it. Finally, your prediction: How long is Carmelo Anthony going to be a Portland Trailblazer? Uh, two weeks. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Corbin. <laughs> thanks, Corbin. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks, fellas. First off, thank you, Corbin A. Smith. 
Yeah, it was um, great. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Subscribe I, to his newsletter. Yeah, I don't know what Canard is uh, bribing you, but uh, keep it up, Canard. Um, yeah. But, Sean, let's talk about the Raptors okay. um, and their championship rings uh, real quick. Yeah. Um, the Raptors have decided not to give rings to Jonas Valanciunas, Daylon Wright, or CJ Miles. Yes. Um, and I'd like to point out uh, that they have decided to give rings to Drake and that fan, uh, Nev. Oh, that guy with the the guy with the turban. Yeah. Um, but well, players. Why did who... I make it? Why well, I, I had to make it weird? But I, <laughs> yeah, but that's Raptors super fan and uh, uh-huh. car. Uh, used car salesman, I believe. That's he's, a, he's not. He's not an arch conservative, is he? I think he might be. <laughs> yeah, his name is uh, Nav Batia. Um, yeah, he's getting a ring, but uh, Jonas Valanciunas is not. Well, his girlfriend's too old. That's what that means. <laughs> you only get a ring if you have to be a member of the team during the finals or have a girlfriend who's still in high school. Um. Uh, should we talk about why this is... It seems like people were confused at the yeah. fact that uh, this isn't normal. No, I mean, this is how it goes in sports. Like, and it, I thought this became very clear in 2016 when former Cavalier Anderson Verja was playing for the Warriors in the finals. And people were saying he's guaranteed to get a ring. Because yeah. he was. Mm-hmm. He got he, a ring from the Cavs. Because the idea is that... um. A championship isn't, it's built on everything that happened that year. So if you played for yeah. a team that year, uh, even if you got traded, um, you playing yeah. there still got them to the championship. Uh, because Didn't of, DeLon Wright play more games for the Raptors than Marcus Gasol last year? Probably. I mean, he's, I'm sure Jonas certain. Valanciunas certainly did. Right. Well, he was he was hurt a little bit. I looked it up, but I'm pretty sure CJ Mount that Delon Wright played uh 49 games, mm-hmm. which is definitely more games than Patrick McCall yeah, played. Yeah, 100 more games than Patrick McCall. I believe. Oh, and 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 also ring recipient Jeremy Lin. Yeah, probably did not contribute as much to the winning effort as Delon Wright and Valanciunas. Um, why why are they doing this, Joey? It's I have no idea, but it. Honestly, uh, kind of upsets me. Yeah. Um, it's fucked up because if you start doing this to like save the fifteen thousand dollars on the ring or whatever, the next logical step is like, well, OG Ananobi didn't play in the playoffs, so why uh-huh. should he get a ring? Yeah, he was injured, man. <laughs> like that's fucked up. Like mm-hmm. that one's in particular. Was on the team his entire career. Um, went through this whole process. And they traded him. It's not like he left the team voluntarily. Yeah. All of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's how no, they traded him the them. same deal. <laughs> um, anyway, I hate to do this, but I think I'm anti-Raptor now. Yeah. Sorry, Bucks are going to win the East. I love Sorry, Pascal guys. Siakam. I love that team, but and I love the fans even. But mm-hmm. uh, this is bad karma, man. It really it, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't it really feel like they're saying like, well, we'll never get back here again. So let's save this ring money. Yeah, it certainly does. So let's give one to Drake. 
Um, all right, and then finally, there's one last thing I want to talk about, Sean. Yeah. Um, again, we're being real Pacific Northwest heavy today, but, uh, hey, Blazers fans, it's come to my attention that some of you are calling Anthony Simons Penny. Mm -hmm. Uh, please stop that. Just don't do that anymore. It's not, Penny is not a nickname for Anthony. No, it was a nickname for that one guy. Yeah, it's because his grandma had a heavy southern drawl and used to uh-huh. call him pretty, but it sounded like Penny. Uh-huh. So that's how he got the nickname Penny. It's not a nickname for Anthony. No. And uh, he's great and he's very cool. And I don't want to dislike him because you guys are being dumb. <laughs> There's plenty of other like like his last name is Simons. There's a lot you can do with that. Yeah. Also, uh-huh. um, this is a lit Anthony Hardaway, uh, Penny Hardaway, uh, is one of the coolest players ever. Um, I love him. He's really meant a lot to me as a child. Uh-huh. Um, don't do that, please. Don't make me mad at you. It's like if a baseball team started calling a guy uh, Junior Griffey because his first name was Ken. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so please, just do not do that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> all right, is there anything else you want to talk about, Sean? You want to talk about these Mavs? These Mavs yeah, let's jerseys? just talk about these I, uniforms real fast. Um, the, uh, there is one, there is actually one, before we get to the Dallas Mavericks un- terrible uniforms, uh, uh-huh. I do want to bring up Luka Doncic's amazing uh, court, halftime interview the other night where he said... I had a dream last night. I scored 16 points in the first quarter. I scored 17. I guess dreams don't come true. Uh, and once again, I'd just like to uh, mention it sucks Luka Doncic is on the Dallas Mavericks because he fucking rules. Yeah. Uh, and Pants yeah. DJ does not. All right. Um... But, he, dro- he literally drools because he watches <laughs> pornography in the office. Uh, let's talk about these these uh, these uh, spray on bought at the mall ass t shirts the, the Mavs yeah. are wearing as their uniforms. Yeah, like like a white person's idea of uh, like an urban look from 1991, but mm. also one aimed at nine year olds. Yeah, it it reminds me of like. A shirt you'd buy, like like one of those uh, those Bart Simpson knockoff shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you if you're if you went to like a bar mitzvah uh, that was taking place like the same year as the OJ trial, mm-hmm. and they had like an airbrushing artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except it's worse because of the gradient of the uniform. Yeah, the, it's really bad. Yeah. Uh, listener Copernick <laughs> called them the uniforms for the Monstars G League team. Yeah. And I don't know if we're going to top that. <laughs> yeah, that that's why it's worth, uh, getting it, at least the $3 level on Patreon. You get that kind of stuff <laughs> in the popping off Discord. Um, all right, is that our show, Sean? I think that's the show. All right, um, Sean, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm going to plug my New Year's shows in San Francisco, December 29th, 30th, and 31st. Um, yeah, that's good. Um, also, if there's, like, 
Do you know some good places to eat in Seattle? Send me a link. Yeah, let Sean know. Um, at Sean Keen. As for me, you can always follow me on Twitter, at Frankie Muniz. Where <laughs> on November 14th, I tweeted, Hot damn, I'm hungry. Sean, yeah. did you write a song? I did. Mm. Um, this is a song we teamed up with uh, deceased country singer Roger Miller mm-hmm. for a song about Kawhi Leonard. Uh, it's called King of the Load. Great. Um, well, that's playing under us right now, unless, of course, the singing starts immediately, which in that case, <laughs> it'll start in 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> trust the process. Trust the process. And, uh, shut it down. Everyone go to Canard. <laughs> Clippers on TNT Will Kawhi We shall see Doc says that He's healthy He don't have A medical degree About two hours Before the game The boardman's Gonna pull up lame He's an MVP Who's DNP King of the load New Orleans back to back Zion's knee has got a crack The board man don't give a fuck Might as well be starting Chuck That's the condor, he's Billy's dude Unlike the coyote, he's not nude Kawhi's an MVP King of the load He knows every specialist Who works on the quad Skips TV games To work on his bod And every sore ankle And every hamstring Though I said it's tough shit He just wants a ring You take more days off When you're rich Learned it from Greg Popovich Sixty games is pushing it Kawhi's got load management, Doc will make up some fake disease To put the reporters at ease He's an MVP, who's DNP? King of the load Clippers on TNT Will Kawhi play? We will see Doc says that he's healthy He don't have a medical degree About two hours before the game The board man's gonna pull a lame He's an MVP Who's DNP? King of the load Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.